Speak the charm of make charm of make charm. There will come a time on the planet Earth when science and technology will be long forgotten. When wizards will rule the world. This is the Arnamancy podcast featuring Reverend Eric. Join me on an exploration of the practice, philosophy, and history of the occult, esotericism, and the paranormal. Welcome back to the podcast. My guest today is Rafa Martinelli. He's a musician, a podcaster, a sound healer, and a meditation guide. His intuition and curiosity led him to transcendental experiences which have awakened in him the quest to remember who we are and how to become more of who we are. Rafa, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, uh, Reverend. Uh, <laughs> Reverend Eric, thank you so much for the invitation. I was so happy that you that you thought of me. Um, I just started my own podcast recently where, where you were uh, a great guest and a great episode. And so I was super, super um, honored, you know, that, that, that you would have thought of me to, to come on your show. Uh, yeah, I'm super happy to be here. You know, uh, for me, it was a no brainer. Like we ended up building like such a great conversation and falling into like so many amazing topics. Um, but also, you know, I guess there's a little bit of uh, I'm excited because you are the first guest that I've had uh, from so far away. You know, you're in Uruguay and you're in, you know, the southern hemisphere. And we were just talking before recording like. I'm super excited because it's starting to get cooler here and we're moving into autumn. And meanwhile, you're moving into spring and you're going to have like your Christmas party in the summer and all that kind of stuff. But, um, so that's really exciting. So then, uh, but I do, so like in, uh, in Uruguay, you do, um, all kinds of fascinating stuff. Like you were just mentioning that you were doing um, some Kundalini yoga, but you also do sound healing and meditation and all these sorts of things. Um, and my Spanish is not very good. I've only, I've only taken like a month of Spanish classes. So, uh, so I don't always have the easiest time following your podcast, but I do like to uh, uh, try to watch it from time to time because you and your guests are always so happy. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> um, but uh, so, so can you tell me a little bit about what you uh, do down there? Yeah, sure. Um, well, it's, it's really nice to know that you, you find the podcast interesting. Uh, I, on, I'm like on the other spectrum. I'm, I'm always uh, getting people from, from very far away places because we're on the first, on the first, uh, on the first hand, people here, um, English is not our first language in Uruguay. So I, I wanted to make a podcast in English because I've been following and listening to podcasts for many, many years. And I, I love all the kinds of conversations that come up, all the topics. And I, I don't know if, there's, uh, if there is uh, an audience for, that kind of, for these kinds of, of subjects here. But I do know that, that there is a, a, a very large audience around the world interested in all these topics of consciousness and um, working on the self and understanding who we are, our place in the world, uh, what we can do to, to, to improve ourselves and to help those around us. Um, but, but at the same time, uh, I've got a, an Instagram account 
which is more local, and I, I, I speak there in Spanish, and I'm also doing a kind of podcast there uh, through Instagram Live videos, and that is in Spanish with, with mainly spiritual uh, teachers from, from here, local in general, and we, we do speak in Spanish there. I think that's, I that's think, the one I usually watch. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's one. That's going to be really hard to follow for you. I know. <laughs> but I, 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 what I see here is that, that people are very interested in, in learning more about themselves and growing and, and trying new things. But in general, I think uh, over there, perhaps uh, especially in the U.S., I think people are more acquainted with all of this. For, you've, you've been for many decades, you know, mm-hmm. um, the hippies and all that stuff. Uh, but here we are starting and, and we have a, a kind of a different, um, a different focus. You know, uh, people are very interested in, in alternative techniques uh, for, for, for healing your, your, your genetic line, your, your tree, right? Your lineage. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and for also for working with your, with your energies and, and breath, breath work, also uh, yoga, uh, stuff like that. And very much so, the, the, the average of the population is starting to get interested in meditation, which is something that's, that's caught my attention so much. And I'm actually working in, in companies, you know, uh, giving guided meditations to, to people in, in a work uh, environment. Oh, wow. You know, which is... Yeah, that's awesome because people are very stressed these days with the, with the type of work that that we are that we are uh, open to or that that's being offered. You know, uh, kind of like call centers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, those kind of of jobs are very stressful, and having an opportunity to 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 like switch off the the work mind and and switch on the the inner eye is. Uh, yeah, it's so amazing to to offer that and, and that people are interested in that. Yeah, that's really cool that you are getting that opportunity. It's interesting. Um, I mean, you know, the Spanish-speaking world, uh, even just on our half of the planet, just in North and South America, is is really, 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 really huge and diverse. So mm-hmm. it's interesting talking about that. I, I think a lot of, um, a lot of America... Of, of the United States in particular, uh, we stop imagining that any there are any differences once you get past Mexico. We're sort of like everybody must be just like Mexico, which mm-hmm. I know is wrong. You know, I've been I've been down south of Mexico. I know it's uh, it's different, but um, I think that there's a a perception amongst a lot of um, like American uh, magicians and occultists that there is a lot of like interesting spirituality and strange spirituality going on uh, in Spanish speaking in the Spanish speaking Americas. So it's fascinating to hear you have kind of like the opposite perception, right? Where you're sort of like, I don't think anybody around here is as familiar as, as people in the United States. Um, you know, it could be that we're both right. Maybe, uh, maybe people, because it's it is a pretty small. I feel like it's a pretty small subculture up here. Maybe it's just nobody knows. <laughs> we no, just that, uh, down here. You know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's there's people practicing magic, practicing occultism, uh, interested in, in well, as we were saying, you know, the 
the yogas and meditation, there's people very much interested in UFOs and mm-hmm. all the paranormal and the, the, the occult side of, of life. Uh, but it's like, it's more open in, uh, up north in, in, for example, in the U S I think it's oh. like, perhaps it's, as you were saying, a little bit of percentages in the population. So for example, my country with around 3 million people, uh, that percentage would be like very small, uh, a very small number. Whereas mm-hmm. that same percentage in a, in a larger population would be a very bigger, a very much larger number. So there's like possibilities of creating um, large enough communities, you know, for, for example, stuff like, like this, this uh, internet service, uh, Gaia, you know, with, with all the, the supernatural mm-hmm. programs. And, and um, so I, I don't know, I think that's, that's kind of something connected to it. You know, the, the, the yeah. larger population allows for a larger uh, subculture in a way. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, so tell me, uh, how did you uh, how did you stumble into it? How did you get started? Mm. Well, it's been a, a pretty cool ride. Mm-hmm. If I had to, I'm I'm very uh, like I, I'm starting to you know through through making my my own podcast and and uh, interviewing other people. I'm starting to realize and to to learn how to put into words my very own journey, you know, like, like, uh, in all of the podcasts that I listen to, uh, many people already have like a very clear, uh, couple paragraphs of, of, a, mm-hmm. of a summary of their journey. And they, they're very good at explaining it. They've, they've had, um, uh, lots of time to practice perhaps. And, and I'm in this, in this initial stage of learning to express my journey, and it's it's a really great experience. It's um, a little bit uh, uh, makes me a little bit nervous, you know, to 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 make my my journey in a way public. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm really happy to to be able to share it and, and learn what are the the most important points to 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 share and to and to put out there. So I, I could tell you that as as a child, uh, I was always very sensible and. Uh, or sensitive, sensitive, probably. Yeah. 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 And, and I was always like, uh, making noises and my parents would tell me, Oh, cut it out with the noises. I was like, you know, making (laughs) uh, sounds and just being a, a a creative and and sensitive child. And uh, so I, I had a kind of a little bit of a rough time in school because, because of being so sensitive, uh, I had a hard time like fitting in. And, um, so eventually I, I grew up like we all do, um, and started, started feeling this, um, I went into this dark night of the soul, um, where, where I was very much feeling alone and what's my reason to be here asking all these questions and, and feeling very depressed, very alone. So, uh, one day I remember asking asking, asking to, to a God, I didn't, I, I didn't really know if there was a God or not or whatever, but you know, when you get to this point and, and it's like, well, fuck it. I don't know if you can swear on the, you can now, <laughs> you can now. I, just, I just started the, <laughs> the thing. I'm sorry about I got, it. I got no um, problem with it. Swear away. No, cool, cool, cool. 
fuck yeah cool so <laughs> i i asked to this god uh, give me a sign uh if, if if you exist please help me out I, i'm like at the end of my rope i don't know what what to do with this life what's the point of all of this so um I was working at that time in a, in a hostel very close to my house, uh, which was actually my first job because I had had a, a really hard time uh, valuing myself and, and accepting um, that, that I was important in myself, you know? Uh, so I had never had the courage to, to ask anybody for a job, to, to put myself out there. I was very scared of the world. And so I, I sent, I started working on my first job at a place that was actually uh, really close to my house, which was a, a, a great opportunity for me. And um, in there, one day after I had asked God, this God for, for a sign, um, suddenly one day this this girl comes in and okay yeah yeah we start okay what's your name all right we start uh, like mingling and getting to know each other a little bit and long story short eventually this would be the the love of my life with whom i'm still uh, together to this day mm -hmm. and and we had this this incredible connection which which for me was like what i was looking for like I, like I was saying, I was feeling really, really alone and finding somebody that could understand me, that, that would think similar to me and have a similar, similar interests. We would spend like the whole night together speaking uh, in front of the fire and getting to know each other, not realizing that, that we, we were attracted to each other. We were just like, neither of us was looking for, for, for a partner. So we, we had like a, a really nice friendship uh, bloom from, from our conversations and our interactions. And then eventually, again, time passed. And one day, this Chinese man was in the, in the hostel. And I, I was, I'm, I've always been really interested in, 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 in uh, foreigners. And, you know, I've, spoke, I've been speaking English since I was very little. And so I was super interested in people from the outside. That's why I, I liked the opportunity of working at a hostel. So this Chinese man comes in and I'm like very curious since I've been a child. So I go, hey, and what are you doing here? And he was like, um, I don't know, you would look at him and you'd say he's like 40 or something like that. But he was actually like a 60, 70 year old uh, Chinese medicine doctor. And I, I talked to him and he told me that he was looking for people. And that was really weird because oh. like, what do you mean you're looking for people? Eventually, um, my girlfriend, we weren't uh, a couple yet, but uh, she was staying in the hostel. And through, through her own conversations with him, we, she ended up, and, and, she, and we would talk together as well, we ended up understanding who this man was and what his... his um, his mission was there, what, his, what the point of him being there was. So he was actually needing people to help him translate um, because he was going to go on a, on a trip. So it was really funny for us because she was studying translation. And again, as I, I, I have been speaking English for very long. So he needed somebody to translate Spanish and English because he was very fluent in Spanish already. 
but he didn't speak any English and he needed translators for his journey. So we went on this journey with him. We learned a lot. It was like, a, I don't know, like several months traveling with him. And we had a, a very incredible first-hand opportunity to learn, like, a, I call it like a, a supercharged uh, spiritual uh, like course, you know, course mm-hmm. in spirituality, because he, he has this, this incredible um, attitude in, in, towards the world. He's a Taoist, Taoist, so it's a very, very peaceful kind of person uh, with lots of wisdom and always the right word and, and a, very, a very big heart. And at the same time, we learn from him how important it is to have boundaries and to be very clear in, in what you will accept and what you won't. Uh, and how that is part of spirituality, you know, because there's this idea that that being spiritual is like love and light and that you always have to accept everything that, that happens, even if, if you understand it's not correct. Uh, but so we, we learned all the spectrum of, of, of spiritual lessons from, from the most, let's say, mundane, you know, like, like what I was speaking just now, to the more kind of esoteric things. So like... Um, what example can I give? Like, for example, I, I really sensed how every time we went to a different place, the energy that would follow us, and especially I think him because of his, because of his long um, spiritual work, uh, working on himself, the energy that would follow us to every different place would make that the place would start changing. So I, the biggest example is we went to, to a hotel which was kind of in a bad place. It was like people working there weren't happy and, and it was kind of not well taken care of. And suddenly uh, the, the, the owner started bringing in new furniture and updating everything and, and changing the people that worked there and, and stuff like that, you know? And like he would transform the, like a kind of like a magnetic field around him that would mm-hmm. bring in uh, positive change to toward places. So yeah, that's part of my journey, and that that is perhaps the more uh, spiritual synchronistic part of the journey. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, before all of this, I could say that my journey started through psychedelics, because um, uh, I, I had certain uh, experiences in particular with LSD mm-hmm. and I'm being super open right now, but that's okay. <laughs> um, these, these, uh, experiences, sorry, they, they informed me and they, they like prepared the soil, you know, for mm-hmm. an understanding that we are more than just our body and just our mind and our thoughts. Like I, I was, you know, that idea that they say that, uh, psychedelics, well, as the name uh, means, they expand or they show you your mind. And uh, that was definitely the case for me. Um, and one of the most um, transcendental or, I don't know if I could compare the different uh, psychedelic experiences, but one, one of them was um, a very visionary kind of experience that, that showed me um, that showed me how not only we are not 
our bodies, our minds, etc. But also it showed me that we are not alone. And at the same time, showing me that, that we are all one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as much as that can sound as a cliche for some. But that it showed me at the same time, this experience, that we are not alone. And at the same time, that other, that other which, which is, is also ourselves, you know? It's really hard to put into words, but... Oh, no, the, no. I think that's a great way to put it into words. That makes sense, I think. Yeah, I've had, uh, I've had a mixture of psychedelic experiences, and some of them have been... Some of them have been visions of um, of kind of nothingness and blankness, uh, and other ones have been sort of unifying experiences, like what you're describing. I think, but so so you had those experiences before you met the um, yeah the Chinese man. Yeah, through meeting him, one of the biggest uh, I remember the biggest lessons or understandings that I got was this. It, it, helped, um, it helped me connect with my faith mm-hmm. because I, I had never had faith really and I had always been like very doubtful of, of all the, the religious things and the spiritual things. But always in my mind there was a kind of openness to the possibility. But, and, and I remember one, one time I was like, wow, I'm so uh, envious or jealous of people who can, who can believe in something without proper quote-unquote evidence Mm -hmm. or proof Uh, some kind of proof yeah yeah i was so jealous of that because it's like well that would be so freeing and so liberating Mm -hmm. you know to to not need uh proof and and be able to believe in something but meeting him what, what i was saying is that it showed me that there is people in this world who are uh, in, to put it in, in a way, who are more advanced in, in, in the spiritual journey, in the journey of inner understanding, so much so that they can, by their presence alone, they can modify uh, the events that happen around them. Mm-hmm. And, and that showed me, wow, there is this like spectrum between the most asleep person and uh, a completely awakened person and all of us are somewhere in that spectrum, all of us, uh, whether we know it or not, whether we want to explore that journey or not. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I've started understanding through all of this how much we are here to, to, to be as, as awake and as we can be, to, to work on ourselves and become conscious of, of our limitations, of our perceived limitations, really, and... and, and and to, to allow ourselves to become freer and freer from all of those attachments and all of that baggage that we carry with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, you know, that your story about, um, about him traveling to places and having the places kind of like change around him while he was there. Um, it almost makes me kind of wonder, did he, did he know that was happening? Or was his 
approach to himself or his knowledge of himself just always making his world kind of a pleasant place to be like is to him is the world just a pleasant place to exist do do people always you know upgrade the hotel when he stops by to visit um does every restaurant always have like the best food uh you know does traffic always stop when he wants to cross the street and he just experiences the world that way uh or is it a conscious effort do you think I think it's it's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. It's probably he's he's understood uh, a kind of a way or or how the world moves through. You know, Taoism is very much connected to to well this this idea of Tao, which is the law, which is the the way, and it's connected to to how nature works mm-hmm. and to learning that everything. Um, happens by itself it's it's like our our conscious uh small eye you know or false ego efforts to to change situations to the for the better or for our comfort or whatever it's actually never as good as nature could do it without the 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 interference of the ego so our conscious our not just conscious, our small ego, uh, mm-hmm. human uh, uh, encapsulated ego. Yeah, that that ego's um, will or or intention is not always aligned with with the larger universe intention of what should be happening. But at the same time, the universe is good. It's it's always allowing everything to happen just like a river is flowing you know and mm-hmm. uh, so it's like i i see i see this in in like uh, the universe looks at you trying to do all, all all the things that you want to do because oh i will be the greatest something or other mm-hmm. and it just allows it allows because at the end the universe is doing your your small ego also it's it's happening in it right in consciousness in right the larger thing that we all share and that we are all part of. And so everything is just happening. But at the same time, we, we, we can realize how much we are um, um, slowing our own development by this attachment to things being the way we want them to. And I don't mean this in, in like a, in a, in a way to, to, to say that I'm above all of this. It's just, I've become aware of, of how much I myself <laughs> uh, step in my own way, you know, and, mm-hmm. and slow myself or, or, or become a kind of a, an obstacle for my own growth, for my own freedom and my own uh, inner peace through, through always having this, this part of us, which is not bad, but which is there that wants what it wants. And we, we don't need to, to always be uh, so attached to whatever the thoughts say we should be doing. Because mm-hmm. we're learning now how much uh, of our life is uh, defined through, through subconscious programming that comes from before, from our families, from our family tree, from, our, from how we were raised. You know, how much of that is, 
installed in our brains and in our behaviors. And we are just going forward, repeating and repeating all these bad habits, um, which nature looks at them and goes, okay, go ahead, just do it. I'm just witnessing, oh, this is happening, this is happening. And, and the, the inner work, I think, consists in, in part of le- learning to look at, at those subconscious things and making them conscious. And when, when, when you know that something isn't good for you, you simply stop doing it. So if, if you're a smoker and you realize that smoking isn't good for you, if you really realize, you stop immediately smoking. You don't continue. Mm-hmm. But as far as there is a small part of you that, that is still attached to that bad habit, you will still continue doing it, I think. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, I guess it's like, um, yeah, I, I guess there's a, there's a part of what you're saying that makes it sound really easy, but there's also a big <laughs> issue there where you have to, you have to kind of like come to terms with your own material existence. You have to come to terms with the fact that you, you know, while you are not just a body or a mind, you still exist in those things. So you still have a body and you still have a mind and you have to deal with all of the, you know, all of the strengths and weaknesses that go along with that. You know, you still need to like take care of it. And yeah, yeah, that's, I think it is important. Yeah. Yeah. Not to, not to, to think that, Oh, because there is this spiritual dimension to us. Uh, then the, the body is unimportant or, or should be dis- dismissed because actually that's how, how important the body is. It's we are more than our bodies, but our bodies is what allows us to have the experiences that we are here to have so that our higher aspect can learn anything so that the universe itself can, can learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is no way that, that the universe or God or source or whatever we could call it, there's no way that it would be able to learn what it feels like to be you, if you, you like your personality and your body and your circumstances. How could it learn to be uh, what it is, sorry, what it is to be that if you do not exist as right. a separate entity, right? Yeah. So that is kind of the, the balance. So I've, I've been recently thinking about this and feeling it. And, and my, my, what, what came to me is that we have two selves or we're living two lives at the same time. So we have this small, uh, and I don't mean small as in a pejorative way, but we have this, this very individualized personality and existence, mm-hmm. which is just like all these ideas of the holographic universe and the simulation theory and all that, there is this player that we're playing to be. And then there is this, this, sorry, this, um, this character that we're playing to be. And mm-hmm. at the same time, there is this player that is, that is watching the, the game develop and, and, I, and, and that's what I would call our higher self. Mm-hmm. And I actually even think that in a way, it, this higher self, it's outside of time and space. So it's looking, looking like in a, in a, as if we could watch a, a, a board, you know, with, with a game, like watching, the, I don't know, Monopoly or something. 
or Dungeons and Dragons. And so you could be like watching that and actually putting certain events along the way that it knows that will help you learn some lessons that it understands it needs to learn to become itself. So it's totally, it's like, um, it's a paradox. It is a paradox, but it's also like, it's a game in a sense, you know, so the board, the player is setting up the board and playing the game at the same time. Then, I think so. Okay. That makes sense. I I like that. I like that metaphor a lot, but there's also, there's also like a thing embedded in there where, like the player has kind of become lost in the game. Mm. Right. So if we aren't really in touch with that higher self, then we as the player have lost control or lost um, awareness of the fact that we are the player. We are only the character. We're only the game piece now. And in that we are also losing some of our power, some of our ability, and not really losing it, but we're not making use of it. So the more aware we can be, and, and this is, um, as far as I understand, this is especially uh, done through meditation. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry, folks, if you don't, if you don't like meditation <laughs> or, or, if, or if you find it hard, just keep practicing like keep anything practicing. else. Yep. Because through meditation, you start becoming aware of all the things that are happening automatically around you or inside of you. And you become, you start to develop this, this new perspective, you know, the, mm-hmm. this, this um, kind of detachment or, or disidentification from your, your idea of how things should be. And you start seeing that things are just happening. Mm-hmm. Everything is going on all the time. And of course, it's not easy. You were saying that it, I, I kind of make it sound easy. Uh, I, hope, I hope it could be this easy for all of us. But, but at the same time, the lessons we're here to learn, these lessons, we're here to learn them because we haven't been able to learn them yet. So of course, they're going to be hard. Right. Like if you don't know how to play guitar and you wanted to learn, it's going to be hard because you don't know it yet. So if, if one of your lessons is learning um, about self-worth, then you're going to incarnate into a life where that lesson is going to be presented to you and it's going to be hard. But as the more you, you first of all become aware of this lesson and that it is part of your journey and then you practice um, being more present in your life and especially in those times where that type of lesson is being challenged or, or is being brought up, mm-hmm. the more we do that, the easier it becomes in a way. I, I remember this quote, I think it's Ken Wilber. He says, uh, it, it hurts you more and it bothers you less. Mm-hmm. So it's like you become more open to, to all the the pain and the suffering. And at the same time, you become less attached to, to the, the feeling of I am suffering. I am the one who is suffering. Right. Yeah. So you start to see suffering as a thing that is experienced instead of a thing that is your identity. 
Mm-hmm. Hmm. And also with, which is I think even harder with the with the things you like, because I think many of us are even more attached to the things we like, or or perhaps when you're doing this inner work, we're always focusing on oh okay so I have a, a I reject some some aspect of myself so I'm going to to do the inner work, the shadow work, and I'm going to integrate all of that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to be this perfect person and, and I will have lots of things that I love and I will be addicted to those things <laughs> if I don't do the, the, the work connected to that as well. But yeah. it's, it's not easy, but it's also not something that we need to be like consumed by because at the same time, that is something, it's very subtle, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the work we are here in this, in this incarnation to do, like don't beat yourself up, but also don't, don't just uh, allow whatever to happen. Like be here now, that's what Randas would say, right? right? Be present in your life. And if something isn't right, then whatever, you, whatever needs to happen in concerning this thing that's not right, that's what's happening. Yeah, that's 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 right. a that's such a tricky thing to do. Like you have to get, mm-hmm. you know, even that whole idea of be here now, like that idea of being present. Um, it's not a it's not an automatic skill. You know, it still takes practice and it still takes um, a lot of self awareness. I guess again, people have to meditate in order to start to see that. Um, how did you? So you must. Um, when did you get started meditating? When was your first meditation experience? Mm, I'm not sure. Were you, like, was it before or after you met the uh, Chinese man? Mm. I would say that it was before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was before, but it's like, in, in a way, I think... Um, well, I, probably all, all the audience knows a little bit about the, the, the law of karma and the idea of karma. And, mm-hmm. and there's this, this way of looking at karma, which just means action or doing, which you could say that in a way, uh, I've recently been into this idea of, or this, this thing called the law of one. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to, to get into it. But there's this thing of, uh, service to others and service to self, which is starting to replace this idea of good and bad in, in my vocabulary and in my understanding. Mm-hmm. And through karma, there's, there's, um, you start like gaining points in, in either of those of the polarities and through good karma or through service to others, mm-hmm. you start, um, amassing some positive karma and some positive energy that moves you towards, experiences that help you grow in a way um, perhaps that that isn't as stressful as the suffering and many times in act, in reality to get to that place you need to many times it happens that you need to go through some intense suffering before you know so i, I mentioned my dark night of the soul uh, and many people have uh, close encounters with with the death of a loved one with um with uh, sickness, with extreme suffering before there is this blooming into, into 
into this this more service to others um, path mm-hmm. because this this good karma that I, that I started uh, uh, amassing in in in, in myself is, is what I think attracted the the opportunity of me meeting this master mm-hmm. which at the same time you could look at it from from this bird's eye view and say it was predestined also so um, but but through through this so we started meditating before uh, I was also like looking very very intensely at at different spiritual teachings and different esoteric stuff and super uh, paranormal and all of that. So all, all that kind of awakening to all that part of reality started gaining some uh, good karma points for me, mm-hmm. which attracted this spiritual master. And in fact, before it attracted the master, it attracted the dark night of the soul, which attracted the the need in me to ask God for help. So that's when surrendering, you know, that's one of the big lessons yeah. from psychedelics is surrendering. And I remember in psychedelic states, it always used to be very easy for me to surrender because of the fact that I was conscious that I had taken something which would just be there for whatever many hours. So it was very easy to surrender. But in, in our everyday lives, it's a lot, uh, it's a bigger effort or not an effort, but a bigger uh, challenge to surrender because we, we don't know how long this hard situation we're going through might, might last. Right. And it is not until we surrender that, that the thing uh, vanishes through magic, through synchronicity. Yeah. I think I've had experiences like that before, that surrendering experience. But I also think that I also think that it's one of those things where if you're just listening and you haven't had that before, it's something that you can you can think that you're understanding intellectually. But the actual surrender itself is uh, it's kind of life changing, you know. It'll it'll shift you off in a totally different direction, and it kind of, um, I guess, in a way, for me at least, it it represents sort of those places where my life shifted dramatically. You know, the the surrender involved getting rid of things, but I also I think in in my experience, it hasn't been just once. You know, mm-hmm. for me, those surrenders had to. Uh, you know, they were, they might've been addressing specific things that I needed to complete, but it wasn't, you know, just one wasn't enough. I hope, I hope it's easier for other people, <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm not I sure. I think it's always, it's always perfect for each of us. Yeah. The, 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 the compassion in our hearts, like, uh, wants us, wants, um, this type of situations to be easier for others than it was for us. And I think in a way there's this, this cumulative effect of, of, of um, what's it called? Um, well, this, this idea that, that whatever work I do on myself mm-hmm. uh, makes it a little bit easier for the person coming after or for the people coming after. So yeah. anything that we do on ourselves 
this uh, morphogenic field, right? Oh, so yeah. anything oh, that's yeah. been done before makes it a little bit easier to be replicated. So that's why it's so important. And we're always focusing on the outside and politicians this and the uh, uh, corruption that and the... Um, the conspiracy, whatever, and blah, blah, blah. And which are all just distractions from taking a few minutes and, for example, sitting down, closing our eyes and focusing on our breath and just observing our own minds and starting to see how all those things that we're pointing at are just reflections or projections of our own um, our own wrinkles. Yeah, our say. own insecurities and fears and... Yeah, and, and vices. The thing also with, with surrender is again the paradox that how can you do surrender? It's it's not. I don't I don't know if it's something that you can. Because the one doing the surrendering is the one that needs to be surrendered. You know, I, I don't mean to sound all <laughs> weird, mystical, <woo> crazy. <laughs> yeah, but if, if we really look it's, at it at all, of yeah. This, and I think surrender in, in the tarot or sacrifice, it's connected with the hanged man, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, you know what, that's a really that's a really good point. I think that, um, you know, for those who are familiar with tarot, I think that's a really interesting way to look at it because the hanged man, I always associate the hanged man and the tower together. You know, they both involve some sort of like really big change, a catastrophic change or a really drastic change. But the thing with the hanged man is it's voluntary, you know, in the tower it happens to you. So it's more of a catastrophe. Whereas the hanged man, it is more of a surrender because you're going into it on your own. Um, but that also kind of like points to the fact that that kind of surrender is like a true initiation. You know, it's uh it can be the beginning of like the new segment of your path or a new part of your path. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that it does need to be returned to, you know, I think that we can, we can get complacent. It's easy to, um, it's easy to, to ride that wave long after it's stopped being a wave yeah. until you're just, <laughs> yeah. you know, floating in yeah, a puddle. A, <laughs> I think so. It's like a very continuous process of, mm-hmm. or a recurring process, you know, every now and then. That's, for example, why people who are on the path on the path of psychedelics, they they talk about every once in a while, once a year or whatever, depending on the person, doing having another trip. Mm-hmm. So that, that as a, as a metaphor, it, it's talking about okay, so let's do the surrender regularly because uh, that's the, I don't know how, why or how is it's that our ego is so so subtly um, calculating and, and, and a strategist, you know, because you, you do that surrender and as soon as you have surrendered and you're in, in, in your new chapter of your life, it starts looking for the way to, to identify with it. I mean, I, I think mm-hmm. what it could be is like, that's just its function. So, and because that's the function of the ego and because that function tends to become a, uh, 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 a, a kind of blockage in, in, in the flow of this river that we are because of that is that I think it's important, like you were saying, to, to repeat these uh, surrenderings, this becoming the hanged man and making a sacrifice. And the sacrifice that you do is 
your identity, the, the one you think you are. But uh, in a way, that's the paradox again. How can you sacrifice yourself? Because if you do it, then you're still you. <laughs> How? Yeah. Right? So that's why this idea in, in Taoism of the Wu Wei, so the, the, the effortless doing or the, the non-action activity, mm -hmm. something like that, it's because they understand that everything is happening on its, on its own. And, and the, the personality of man is, is something that's very much secondary to, to whatever the universe is doing. And it's not really necessary in, in, the, in the kind of pathological way that's, that's being uh, manifested these days, especially. Mm -hmm. I don't think we've always, as humans, been so egoic or so identified with our egos. I think there's, perhaps this connects with a, with a fall from, from Eden or, you know, those, those yeah. kind of metaphors. Yeah, I, I was just... Being a slow fall from, from grace and, and falling into this identification. I was just thinking that it must be, it must be part of the, um, just the survival mechanism of being a human, you know, but before, you know, in simpler and far more dangerous times, it was always going to be so obsessed with like, you know, we have to go like hunt our food or gather our food. We have to, you know, set up our shelter against the rain. We have to, you know, survive the coming of winter. Like it were the, the we had, um, you know, the ego had like a really big job to do. And I think now for a lot of us, we live in, I mean, compared to like a caveman, we live in absolute decadent comfort, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. electric heaters and refrigerators and, you know, yeah, clothes, <laughs> all that stuff that, the, yeah. At the same time, I'm thinking uh, what you're saying now, it's how, how able would you or I be? I don't want to speak for you. Maybe you're, you're a very good uh, hunter or whatever, but how able would we be to like, okay, throw you in the, in the jungle, go hunt your food. I would be dead. Oh, me too. Yeah. I, so I would, uh, I would last I would two starve. days. I, would, I think yeah. I could go two days. <laughs> so I don't think the ego on itself is very good at doing all those things, mm -hmm. but there is this sort of perhaps human nature, which if it's not, um, uh, blocked by by our egoic uh, interests, mm -hmm. this this nature of ours allowed us to survive conditions that were for us preposterous of being completely open in nature, in perhaps no clothes, rain, and 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 animals and uh, sickness, like getting a, a toothache or 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 breaking your leg or whatever, mm -hmm. and just the idea of having to hunt your food. I don't know if, if the ego, like the first group or person who, who human, who, who like hunted, how the, how did they do that? I think it was because the ego wasn't in the way at that time. Mm -hmm. So there was probably some kind of ego of, okay, this is, this body is the one I need to put the food in and, and all of that. Yeah. But 
but not so much of, hmm, okay, so let's do the square root of whatever and, and see how we need to throw the stone to kill the, the, <laughs> the rhino or something. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough... Uh, yeah, that's an interesting... That's definitely some food for thought. That's stuff to that's stuff to chew on a little bit. And at the same time, I think this connects to what we were saying. Sorry, just a, a small thing. Go ahead. Oh, to the to the thing we were saying just now of the sacrifice and the surrender. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and it's like this this um, function of our mind, which is the ego. It's been it it tends to do this to grow and, and to to identify with with our experience. So that's why regularly, that's a, a great thing that you said, that regularly the, the idea of doing a surrender, doing, quote-unquote, doing mm-hmm. a surrender, and because it seems that as a collective, that's a place that we're at where we are in a very desperate need of doing a new surrender. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that is why the world is kind of pushing us towards that. You know, because we've fallen into this decadent comfort, and 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 that's when when the if if you don't do it yourself, it will happen to you. Mm-hmm. Oh God, yeah, that's a good way to look at it. I mean, we have a, you know, we have like real global catastrophes that we have to try to avert as a world. You know, yeah, Rafa. I think the surrender we're needing to do mm-hmm. is to surrender this this thought that we are different from each other, that, that I, that we're out for ourselves right? mm-hmm. and embrace that we're all together in this. You just mentioned this idea of global yeah. um, stuff that we need to take care of and to take care of that. We need to understand that we're all in it together and to understand we're all in it together. We need to understand we are not separate. And how do we get back to being all together in this? is through realizing who we really are, which is through, as far as I've been able to, to experience, is through meditation, mm-hmm. through this practice, this cultivating this awareness of, of, your, of yourself, which is... Yeah. Rafa, we've, we're, we're getting to the end of our time. We've been, wow. I feel like, I feel like I never even asked you the first question that I wrote down to ask you. You know what? I, there was this point when I was thinking, have I already finished telling my story? Like you asked me a little bit of, of what was my story. And I think, I don't know I if you did. That. I'm a talker, right? That's, no, I, no it's I, great. I really, like I, I would really love to have you on, on my show again, because this, this, this really nice energy that flows between us mm-hmm. and, and, well, I'm sorry for the audience if if I if I was. Um, oh, you do not need to apologize. That was that was a fascinating. Your story was fascinating, and the well, discussion so. that it left into, that it went into, I think was super handy. But um, but let's tell people uh, where they can find you and listen to more of this. Or I guess actually, you're more with your with your audience. But you have a so you have a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll have, and it's mystic times YouTube. I'll, I'll have a link in the show notes so people can find that. Mm-hmm. Cause YouTube doesn't make it easy for you to like point to your channel until you've got, yeah, it's a, a very big blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to just let people know that in, in my own podcast, 
I, I tend to, to be more uh, open to allow the other person to speak. I was very uh, excited to, to share uh, and to be invited you, here. And, uh, you'd really, and I wanted to be a good guest. You are a, you were a good guest. You're a good Same guest. Cool things. So I was just trying to. <laughs> no, but I, I really, I, I, all, of, all of what came was mm -hmm. like, I, I, I was, uh, it was just from, from the heart, really. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I love the ability that we have through podcasts to to help spark a little something within the mind of another, you know, to, mm -hmm. to help them understand something about the place they're at and, and how they can move from, from there to where they want to be. So I, I was really, I think we uh, did that. I think we did that by this privilege. The, I um, so. I think that you're, I think that if there's nothing else that anybody takes away from this, that, our talk about surrender and when you tied surrender to the hanged man, it made so much more sense to me. And I hope that it also does to, to uh, the audience. Okay. So in addition to YouTube, you've got uh, your Instagram, uh, Atman Rafa, A-T-M-A-N-R-A-F-A. -A and that has, um, that's mostly in Spanish. So you, you, you do a lot of in interviews and Instagram lives here, stuff there, but that's in Spanish. And I'm sure I probably have plenty of listeners whose Spanish is way better than mine. So, mm -hmm. so they should go there. And then you have a lot of music available on Bandcamp. Well, really, I want to share more of my music. It's been a, a, a kind of a challenge for me to, to have the, I don't know, the courage to share music there. Mm -hmm. But since I'm starting to, uh, to, to become a little bit more involved in, in sharing who, who uh, what I do and my, my passions and my journey mm -hmm. in a more public way. Um, since I'm starting to do all this, I, I'm gonna, uh, I feel this, this uh, rise inside me of, of sharing more of my music. I've got lots of music like stashed uh, in, in, in my phone, in my computer and all that. Mm -hmm. And I, I really want to share lots more of that. And the Instagram. Yeah. So it's a, a local, um, it's a place where I speak locally with my, my community here. And, but I, I would love it if, if people would get close and, and say hi, you know, they, they can send me a message on Instagram mm -hmm. and yeah, I could totally do kind of like two languages and translation or something like that. Uh, but yeah, eventually who knows if it, if it grows to, to an, an audience that's more, interested in a, in a message in English, I, I have no problem in, in, in switching there. It's, it's just, I'm just trying to go with the flow of how mm -hmm. it feels. Yeah. All right. That's excellent. <laughs> Thank you so much for, uh, for being on the show. And I would love to come back on your podcast. I, we can just, yes. we can just keep ping ponging off of each other's podcasts back back. until yes. we get tired of talking to each other. Yeah, or until people stop listening because yeah, stop like no. what is this? Just the Rafa and Eric show? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you very much, and um, I will. You know, we'll see you next time. That I'll, I'll have to fade out at the end. Thank you for listening to the Arnamancy podcast. You can find me online at arnamancy.com, where you can schedule a tarot reading or peruse the Arnamancy blog. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. If you like this podcast, support it for just $1 a month through Patreon at patreon.com slash arnamancy.